Mind is a business and culture podcast that focuses on the experiences of minority women climbing up the corporate ladder. It is not intended to discriminate against those who are not considered minorities. However, it is intended to bring awareness to the workplace and, well, you. So when they come knocking, trying to find me, I tell them all. You know the story, amateurs turn winners. What's up, everyone? This is your girl, Danielle Martinez, and we are here today on The Corporate Climb to talk about <sighs> the isms. That's right, the isms. Racism, genderism, sexism. <sighs> I'm missing something. Sure. What am I missing, Sparks? <laughs> How about favoritism? Yep. Ageism. Yeah, that too. Asshole-ism. Sparks! Oops, I'm so sorry. This is a business blog. Jeez, man. My B. Yeah, you're B, you're B. Sparks and Danielle, let me just remind you, this is not a blog. Danielle, you have a blog on your LinkedIn. That's right, that's right, I do. You can get that blog by visiting www.linkedin.com backslash Danielle loves HR. Anywho, let me remind you that this is a podcast for all. Right, 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 right. And right. I'm going to interrupt you every time you forget you have a job to go to tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that part. So remember, let's keep it clean, kids. All right, we're going to keep it clean today, guys and gals. Thank you so much for joining me on The Corporate Climb. And today we are going to talk about my favorite topic, um, the wait, isms. Wait, now, wait, 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 what, wait, what, what do you want? I just want to remind you oh, that... God. If no one else is listening, your grandmother probably oh, yeah, is. Oh, so yeah, that's again, right, Danielle. Your grandmother's Come probably on, Sparks. to this. Hey, Grandma. Oh, my God. The both of you so embarrassing. Jeez, man. <sighs> Can I just get back to my show? Anyhoot, today we're going to be talking about the isms. Racism, sexism, genderism, ageism, favoritism. All of the isms that make all of us women, especially minority women, cringe in the workplace. The isms. Oh man. I just oh just it just it just gives me tingles all through my bones because I've experienced this the last 11, 12 years of my career. And up until very recently, I wasn't even aware of my feelings and my emotions until I matured and grew up and went, oh my goodness. I've been fighting this discrimination battle my entire life. And I didn't even know it till recently. And it's so bizarre to me. I was talking to my mom the other day and she was like, you know something? I remember when you applied to college, I had applied to this confidential university, no names, and they asked me for my race. And apparently I checked off other. So when they went to go see what kind of scholarships that I would be applicable for, the person in admissions pretty much told my mom, like, listen, I want to give Danielle a scholarship, but I don't really know where she falls into because on a certain section of the application, she didn't tell me if she was black, white, Hispanic. She just said other. And my mom's reply was, she's whatever is going to give her the most money. Ooh, I know that's right, <laughs> Spark. Mama. <laughs> yeah that's right mom that's right no but not for nothing but you it's she didn't mean it in a negative way I, I let me just paint you a background my mom she she is a single 
black mother. You know, my father was around, you know, for me on the phone or whatever, but he was in Florida, you know, may he rest in peace, but he was in Florida. And my mom had to raise me all by herself. And she was on one income with the child who was going to college and just trying to get the most money. So what she was telling the dean was, listen, my daughter is black and she's Puerto Rican. And I'm so proud of that. But you need to check off whatever box is going to make sure that my daughter can get to school for close to nothing because I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. I know that's right, Mama Dukes. You better get your paper. <laughs> get, get your bag. Hey. <laughs> Y'all so crazy. You guys, seriously, this is a big deal, right? So what I'm saying is from an early age, teenagers, we are literally allowing our children to accept it is what it is you better check off a box that gets you the most and run with it screw who you are forget about your heritage forget about your culture get your bag and run and while that's cool it doesn't mean it's right it doesn't mean it's right at all it's wrong it's so wrong and in my opinion that's part of the issue today we keep tolerating and sweeping things under the rug. And the more that we sweep under the rug and the more that we just turn our heads to and, and put our heads down at and, and allow and accept, then the vicious cycle of racism continues and the protests continue because there's still going to be people that are fighting this ongoing battle and these oncoming wars of labels, checkboxes, and isms. But it starts kind of at your application process when you're not giving people an identity. People should be able to identify themselves accordingly. There should be a check box for everyone. Mm -hmm. There should be an application that invites and does not exclude anyone. Anyone. Mm -hmm. Should say I, I am. Your application process is the start of your inclusion practice. Oof. It's the start. So good. So good. From the moment someone applies to your school or your jobs, that inclusion feeling, that inclusive feeling, inclusivity, these trendy topics we talk about today, diversity, inclusion, and equality, that starts on that application. Heck, it starts on your website. It starts on your social media. And this is a whole other show and we're going to touch on this how you guys want to post diversity inclusion this and you put rainbow flags on the back of your linkedins as banners for pride month and you know put a cool quote from martin luther king on your websites when it's martin luther king day and you have an organization of 200 people and of those 200 people only one of them is of the lgbtq community and only one of them is considered black and or hispanic but got the nerve to be saying that you welcome diversity and inclusion. It is wrong. It is false advertisement. And we are so going to touch on that in a whole other episode. False advertising. False advertising is wrong. But back to racism, right? The ism, racism, it starts on that piece of paper. And then it follows you once you get in the door, once you get that job, it follows you throughout your corporate climb. 
It follows you. People don't like you from the moment they see you because of something you cannot control. And that is your skin color. That is what your mother gave you. That is that DNA your father gave you. They judge you and they don't like you the moment you open that front door and say, hi, my name is such and such. I don't care what school you went to. I don't care what you look like, how easy you are on the eyes, how uneasy you are on the eyes. I don't care if you're skinny. I don't care if you're fit. I don't care if you're fat. They are judging you from the moment you walk in the door based on something you can't control. And that is your skin color. And you hold that, you wear that your whole career. You know why you wear that? Because somebody didn't stop someone at the application process at the age of 17 and say, York is wrong. I am Puerto Rican and I am black and there is no checkbox for me on your application. So that tells me there is no place for me at your school. And so you know what? I ain't going. I know I can take you to the championship game. I know I got all that. I know I can take you to the playoffs. I know I got all that. But you know what? Your application tells me there's no room for me unless I conform to the person that you want me to be. And for that alone, you know what? Pause. I ain't going. We don't do that. Because it's instilled in us at a young age to fake it till we make it. It's instilled in us at a young age to just check off whatever box is going to get us the most money so we can get to where we need to go. And later on, tell the story. The corporate climb, this show, It's to end all that. Mm -hmm. I need a checkbox today, right now, that allows me to identify as the person I am. Mm. I need that. Need a box that says I am. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to need that right now. I'm going to need all you organizations and you education establishments to cut that separation out right now, that segregation out. We are not in those times anymore. And your application process sets us back hundreds of years. It has people, leaders who walked, who marched, who fought, who got arrested, turning in their graves because you don't get it. To this day, I have no checkbox. I got to check whatever box is going to get me to where I need to be. And that's got to stop today. Those practices that unconsciously and some of you consciously promote racism and allow that segregation to be accepted. It stops. It has to stop today. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I know that's right. I know that's right, sis. While people take off their clothes. Let's get a little hot in here. We have a public service announcement. Sparky, take it away. All right. Public service announcement is this. And it's brought to you by us. I just had to say that. If you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter at The Corp Climb. That's at T-H-E-C-O-R-P-C-L-I-M-B. The Corp Climb. Back to you, Danielle. Thanks, Spark. And thanks whoever you are. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. You know, I just get so passionate about certain subjects, especially racism. It is something so close to me and dear to my heart. Um, You know, I just have been climbing this corporate ladder now for 11 to 12 years. And 
you know, just recently just had an aha moment where it was like, I have to talk about this. I have to get this, these emotions out because I can't be the only one who feels this way. I just cannot be. So apologies for the the passion behind my vocals earlier, but it is what it is. We're going to move right along to the next ism. The next ism that I want to talk to you about is genderism, not to be confused with sexism. See, sexism is a prejudice based on biological sex, Gender discrimination specifically addresses discrimination towards gender identities, including third gender, gender queer, and other non-binary identified people. Huge difference between genderism and sexism, and they both exist in our corporate climb. So let's talk about sexism. <laughs> Ladies, you already know it happens all the time, more than we'd like to admit, but sexism is real. It's so real. When I think about sexism, every time I have a thought, you have to know this right off the bat, I probably have a song rolling through my head at the same time. I feel like there is a song for every scenario. And when I think about sexism, the James Brown song, This Is A Man's World, released in 1966, just just resonates with me when it comes to this topic. James Brown said, this is a man's world. And at the time, 1966, remind you, it's 2021, but in 1966, it was precisely a man's corporate world. But one thing he said in his song that really made sense, he said, this is a man's world, but it would be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. Check it out. This is a man's world, but it would be nothing without a woman or a girl. Mm. It Mm-mm-mm. was, but not anymore. Yeah, you're right about that. But you remember, like, in the days before us, I wouldn't say long before us, but 50 to 60 years ago, right? Typically, men would go to work and women would be home with the kids and they'd be cleaning and cooking and taking care of their husbands and making sure everything was tidy and, and, and copacetic. And as we emerged and we grew and, and progressed, we started to see women take off that apron, put on a suit or a blouse and go to work. And those same women would still do all that and still come home, put back on the apron take care of the kids, cook the food, take care of the husbands. And then there was this transition, this independent movement of women, right? Who were like, I don't need to do any of the above. I just need to go to work and get my bag and take care of me and myself and my family. It's applicable. Question, tell me what you think about me. I buy my own diamonds and I buy my own rings. Only ring your celly when I'm feeling lonely. When it's all over, please get up and leave. Question, tell me how you feel about this. Try to control me, boy, you get dismissed. Pay my own funnel and I pay my own bills. Always 50 50 in relationships. The shoes on my feet, I
And that's what I got to say about that. Taking you back to what? 2001. Ooh. Ooh, me, Destiny's Child, giving me all the feel goods today. Anyway, so yeah, that happened. We went from James Brown, This Is a Man's World. Couple years later, couple decades later, Destiny's Child, Independent Woman, and the rest is history. Mic drop. Time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. It's not quite time to go home yet, Sparks. But in a, in a few moments, I'll I'll let the, let you guys go back to your destinations or open those doors and get get rocking at the workplace. But before we head into that, I want to give you some education, if you if you allow me to, some education on sexism. Right. I can easily play for you a James Brown song that he made in 1966 and Destiny's Child when they dropped the independent woman song in, in 2001 and say, boom, listen to the transition. Listen how far we came. But it, it, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It, it goes beyond the, 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 Letty, the, the Lily Ledbetter Equal Pay Act of 2009 or the Fair Pay Act, if you will, of, of 2009. It's deeper than that. And for those of you who don't know who Lily Ledbetter is, she's an American activist today. She was born in 1938. Lily, uh, she worked for Goodyear, the, the tire company, Goodyear. She worked from, at this tire company from 1979 till about 1998. And for most of her career, she was an area manager. And when she started there, her, her pay was in line with the, the, other, the other associates. But as, as she continued on her tenure and her journey there, she started to notice that she was the only woman left in, in the managerial world. In, in fact, in, in the entire world, probably for Goodyear at, at the time. And as an area manager, after all those years she put in, she went, why am I the lowest paid person, the lowest paid area manager in comparison to all of my male colleagues? We're all on the same level. The lowest paid male colleague of hers at the time, who was an area manager, was making $4,286 a month. The highest paid male area manager was making $5,236 a month. Lily, I just gave you the timeline of events. She had been there since 1979. We're talking about she had the what is going on moment in 1997. She finished there in 1998. She was making... Highest paid wages, she was making per month $3,727. Talk about a pay disparity. But this battle, this sexism battle, this men are superior in the workplace battle and women are like, no, they're not, we're equal, hear me out, watch me roar. This has been going on. Guys, gals, this has been going on for over 12,000 years. Seriously. 12,000 years, we're talking 10,000 B.C., before Christ. We're going to take you back to the, the times of, the, in, in Judaism, when, when they had the, the concubine age, ages and, 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 and the, the men had concubines, concubines. But women who did the same thing, they were known as adulterous. And what I mean by that is, is during, during the, this time, women who who stepped out of their marriages, even if they treated that, that other male with equal attention as their husbands, were looked at as horrible people, adulterers. 
but men who were involved in this concubinage. And they had concubines, which were women who lived in their house with their wife. While they weren't their wife, they were still treated equal. They lived in their house, same privileges as their wife. And that was okay. And then we go into the, the times of ancient Egypt where women's societal status was dependent on their fathers and or their husbands. 12,000 years ago, 10,000 BC, the beginning times of Judaism into ancient Egyptian, ancient Egypt, long before James Brown and Destiny's Child and Lily Ledbetter, long before all of them. We've, we've been having this battle of sexism, of liberation, of equality, not just in our workplace, in our society. Taking you forward a little bit, a couple hundred years later, you had this society called the Anglo-Saxon Society in England. And this society welcomed, they actually practiced, uh, you know, equality. Women could, could hold men jobs and, and men could therefore hold women jobs and women were, they had properties and they can own land and they can go to the court. And, and while these jobs were appointed to the women by men, so long as they checked off certain boxes, here we go again. They checked off certain boxes and fell into a certain criteria and, 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 and conformed to this society, which was typically a Christian, a society, a Christian society. So long as they checked off certain boxes, their, their male peers would appoint them jobs that outside of that world were not typically given to women. Then we fast forward a few years. Talking 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th century, about 600 years ago, where witchcraft comes into play. And witchcraft was a religious practice, and, and it still is perceived to be a religious practice. Started by women, founded by women, so they say. And many believe that this practice was fueled by sexism. Fueled by women who wanted to take back what was taken from them and be liberated. But it was looked at very negatively by early modern day European societies. And it was looked, on, looked at very negatively and frowned upon and looked at as taboo by your European colonies in North America. Roman Catholics and Christians and other religions who, who looked at this and said, this practice of supernaturalism, this practice of evilness, is a practice of selfishness to lure us pure folks in, and it's wrong. And so therefore, there was a witch hunt and trials error that took place, and this witch hunt error and trial that took place there's, there was a book written by two gentlemen, Jacob and Henrik, and this book was written in 1486, right? And it was called The Malleus Malefactorium. And this book pretty much stated 
the ar- the authors argued that women are more likely to practice witchcraft than men. And so they write verbatim, all wickedness is but little to the wickedness of a woman. What else is a woman but a foe to friendship? An inescapable punishment, a necessary evil, a natural temptation, a desirable commodity, a domestic danger, a delectable detriment, an evil of nature painted with fair colors. Now, remind you, this book influenced the witchcraft, the witchcraft, the witch hunt in trials that were brought forth by, by witchcraft. But they weren't talking about those who practice witchcraft. They literally said all wickedness is but little to the wickedness of a woman. Not a woman who practices witchcraft, but a woman. And so you had that error, that witchcraft error, which many feel was fueled by this 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 war on sexism. And then and then we get to where we are today, again, with the Lily Ledbetters and, and where we are with the Me Too movement. And there was a lot of other things that happened in between that. But to get to where we are today, this battle started, to my point, 12,000 plus years ago. This is nothing new. We're getting further in our fight, but we are still fighting the same battle of this uneven seesaw where men can do things that women can't. And they're paid more than women. And they have more manager and executive jobs. And they're more sexually liberated. And that's, a sci- that, that's acceptable with society if they do it. But if a woman does it, it's not acceptable. We're still battling these things today. Sexism, that ism. We've been fighting this war for over 12,000 years. 12,000 years. 12,000 years is such a long time to be fighting a war, but obviously from 10,000 BC to present day, we've made a lot of progress. So keep on fighting the good fight. Before we wrap up the show and go into our final segment where we will discuss genderism, I want to give you an update on some events that are occurring in the HR world, specifically the HR world that I am tapped into. HRMA of Princeton will be hosting a free, yes, free online webinar on December 14th from 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 1.30 p.m. The topic of discussion will be executive presence. This course will allow you to obtain one professional development credit by Sharam. If you are interested in registering for this course or just learning more about it, you can visit www.hrma-nj.srm.org. I don't want to cut this short because it's very important, but I know I have to be mindful a lot of my listeners' times because you guys are working women and you don't got the time to sit and listen to a podcast all darn morning and evening. But genderism, you know, how people sexually identify themselves, you know, maybe by birth they were born female, they had a vagina, or they were born male and they had or still have a male genitalia. And I'm trying to be as professionally correct as as possible because this is a business podcast but how they were born isn't necessarily how they identify right it's not how they identify so we also have this thing called genderism now where people are going to the workplace and being discriminated against by who they truly feel like they are inside 
My aunt Tony said this to me a long time ago, and I'm going to leave you with this when it comes to that. People who judge don't matter, and those who matter don't judge. Stop judging. Stop judging. Stop looking at somebody and already putting up this this wall, this guard, your stance is up, you're ready to box them out like Floyd Mayweather and and all this stuff. Just stop. Cuz it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. That movement is here. People are embracing how they feel inside, their true identities. They are creating check boxes and you just got to embrace it because eventually it's going to keep going and going and going and going. And you know what's going to happen to all those folks who keep up with the isms? When people keep going and going and going and you're sitting in front of them, but they keep going and 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 going. You know what's going to happen? What's that? You're going to get run over. You're going to get run over. You are. You're going to get run over. So just move out the way. Yeah. Embrace it. Practice mindfulness. You don't have to 100% understand it. You just have to respect it and go about your business. Yeah. Yeah. Go about your business. You have to go about your business because what's happening right now, what we're seeing is some people are making money off these trendy subjects because they know there's a market for it, while others are truly trying to fight the good fight. Mm, that's good. Honestly, guys, so good. cut it out. And gals. Because and gals. this movement... This sexism, this genderism, these racisms, these these isms that have tacked on movements, they're so powerful, you are going to get run over. You're going to get run over. So just cut it out. And last but certainly not least, and there's so many more isms we can touch on, but we have a short segment, is ageism. I became an executive, a true executive, right? You go into my ADP profile, it will say executive at 29 years old. I had the fortunate opportunity to have been blessed with a great mentor turned friend. And I'll leave him nameless uh, for his confidentiality purposes, but he took a chance on me. I was 29 years old and he saw something in me and he made me an executive and he gave me the title and he gave me the money at 29 years old. And I didn't just take it and run with it. I took it, hugged it, put it in my backpack, and didn't let it go at 29 years old. You know how many people were mad at 29 years old? I was making the money I was making with the title that I had. They were mad. And it wasn't just the men that were mad. It was the women that were mad. The women. And we're going to talk about that on the next segment. Women who block women from growing in the workplace. It is awful. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop. Cut it out. But they were mad. And then I moved on from that role. And then I got kicked down the corporate ladder. Had to humble myself. Said, okay, it's all right. I was probably a few years ahead of my time anyway. Absorb a new position. Fight that battle of, I know I may be young, but I know my stuff. Two master's degrees on the wall doesn't make me nothing. My experience and my hard work and my talent and my dedication will allow you to forget sometimes in meetings that I am the age that I am, but it shouldn't even matter. I'm getting the work done. I'm getting the work done and I'm making you look good while doing it. So just move out my way. Because like I said before, 
you're judging us on our ages. And this happens a lot with my generation, our millennials, right? We grew up in this tech world. We had the answers right on our mobile phones. We embraced those answers. We absorbed those answers. We learned it. We got the knowledge. Our heads are walking databases. And we're moving so fast. And we're going to keep going and going and going and going. And the generation after us, they're going to keep going and going and going. Bigger, better, faster, stronger than us. And they're going to run us over one day. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You just got to embrace it. You got to stop blocking people's gifts. Stop blocking people's skills because it only makes you look bad when you judge someone on their age and their race and their gender and their sex. You got to stop doing it because what's going to happen is this. They're going to keep going and going and going and going and going. We're going to keep going and going and going and going and going. And you're going to get run over. So you can either move out the way and let us do what we got to do. Or you can stand there and look like a fool and get run over. And then you're going to have to get rolled out on a stretcher. And I say that respectfully. But you're going to hurt yourself mentally. You're going to drive yourself crazy trying to block people because you have an ism issue, whether it's conscious or unconscious. That's my time, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Sparky, take us out of here. Hey, everyone, it's me, Sparky. Thanks for joining us today in the Corporate Climb. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter, at the Corp Climb. See ya!